Welcome to Schneps Connects. This is your host, Josh Schneps. I have a terrific guest with me today, who is the president of one of the greatest institutions in Queens, if not throughout New York City. I want to welcome Queens College President Frank H. Wu, who took office in July 2020, really right at the beginning of the pandemic. Frank previously served as Chancellor and Dean, and then William L. Prosser, Distinguished Professor at University of California, Hastings College of the Law in San Francisco. Before joining UC Hastings, he was a member of the faculty at Howard University for a decade. He served as Dean of Wayne State University Law School in his hometown of Detroit. He's been a visiting professor at University of Michigan, an adjunct professor at Columbia University, and a Thomas C. Gray Teaching Fellow at Stanford University. Wu received a BA from the John Hopkins University and a JD with honors from the University of Michigan. He completed the management development program of the Harvard Graduate School of Education. Not too bad, not too bad at all. So welcome, Frank, it's really great to have you with us. It's wonderful to be with you. The next best thing to being a student your entire life is to be a teacher your entire life. Well, especially at these fine institutions. So I would really love for you to just tell us a little bit about yourself, you know, your background, American born, son of Chinese immigrants and growing up in Detroit and, and really, you know, getting to where you are today, Queens College. Like so many of our students at Queens College, I'm the child of newcomers. I was born in the United States. My parents came in the early 1960s. So I'm a child of the 70s from the Midwest, the Motor City. I think of myself, though, as a New Yorker who just had to find my way here and to be <laughs> the world the perfect place, because now I'm someplace where everyone, even if they're second or third generation, they know the story of how their family got here. And just to see the, the mix of people and everyone mingling on our campus, it's just wonderful to, to see this American dream played out again and again and again in so many different ways, no matter where you're from, people have a common cause here. Yes, I mean, you know, walking through the campus of Queens College, first of all, it's, it's a beautiful campus. It really, you have views of the, the Manhattan skyline, which a lot of people probably don't even realize, um, but it really is tremendous diversity that you have on campus there. I don't know if you can speak to the diversity of the campus at all. Sure, we're, we're so proud of that, and it's what drew me here. I wasn't looking just to head a college. I wanted to be president of Queens College. On our campus, we keep track of these numbers. Our students at their homes, they speak 83 different languages. I didn't even know there were 83 languages still in common use, but that's what our campus is like. And then they come here, it doesn't matter where their grandparents were from, uh, what culture, what faith, they have a common cause with the kid who's seated next to them in the classroom. And, and that's what's wonderful. It's to be able to take folks from all these different backgrounds and to bring them together as equals. We're creating something different. This is a diverse democracy. We get to, to write the scripts of our own lives. You know, everyone gets different things thrown at them in, in new roles, but obviously the pandemic was quite a challenging one, particularly for, you know, an institution like Queens College. So how was it for you, you know, starting in that role and having to deal with uh, the pandemic? I knew uh, that heading a college would be a challenge. None of us could have predicted uh, what the pandemic would be like. It will 
for so many of us define our lives. We'll have the time before the pandemic, a year and a half during, and our, our kids and grandkids will ask us what it was like, and then the time after that we're emerging into. So uh, I won't, uh, I'll, t- I'll tell you the truth. It was not easy uh, to start a job such as this during the pandemic, mm-hmm. but in some ways uh, we had focus, right? Everyone knew what we, we had to work on and, and that was to make it through this as best as possible. Right now, uh, we're trying to figure out something that none of us has ever done either, which is to reopen. How do you emerge from a pandemic? How do you do that in, in a smart, safe way? Every day when I come to campus, I look and there are more and more people, whether it's faculty or staff or students, and some folks have been working hard all throughout to, to keep campus clean and safe and ready uh, for everyone to, to come back. But every day it's more and more people, and we just have to figure out how can we do this in a way that responds to the threat that's still there from Delta and some people who are a little hesitant about coming back because they they have health concerns or, or they live with a 95-year-old mother or that sort of thing. And we want to be sensitive to not just rushing pell-mell back in, but, but doing it in a smart way. And what are some of the guidelines that CUNY or Queens College have put in place? Well, for our students, you have to be vaccinated if you're going to take classes or have clinical placements, such as the student teachers. You have to be vaccinated. There are a couple of categories that we respect. If you have a health issue, now that means you actually have been to the doctor and they say, well, this is someone who may have an allergy or something like that. They, they can't take these shots. Or if you have a, a bona fide faith concern, uh, you're a member of, of a faith and, and you have a set of beliefs and, and this doesn't comport with it. We understand that. And that's about 1%. Other than folks who fall into those categories, all the students are fully vaccinated and the ones who fall into those two exceptions, they've got to test every seven days. So we know that uh, students on campus, if you see them walking around, 99% of them are fully vaccinated and the remaining 1% have a a bona fide uh, right under one of these exceptions and they've tested within the past week. So that's how we're doing this as safely as we can. That's a great statistic though, that you have 99% uh, vaccination. Yes, we're uh, really uh, pleased that the folks who are coming on campus, it's a requirement. That's how we know, uh, because uh, you have to upload all the information and and that gets double checked. uh, And then your ID card uh, has encoded in there. So when you you come to the front gate, uh, they scan you right in. It takes about two seconds. Terrific. Are, Are you still doing any courses remotely or is everything in person now? We're about 50 50 right now for the spring. About 70, 30. And you know, we learned some things. There will be some things that we do online. I'll give you a few examples. I have the truth. When I was in college, if it was an 8 a.m. lecture for a lot of people and it was snowing outside, I might not make it. And I think mm-hmm. that's true of a lot of folks. So we're mindful that maybe for some of these big lectures, uh, maybe putting it online is not such a bad idea. We also know that. For graduate students, maybe they're working adults, uh, they're teachers who want to get uh, their master's degree or more training. Well, they've worked a whole day, you know, and they don't want to fight traffic to, to come here to take some more classes. So we might continue to offer online for them. And then for any of our students, let's say you're mostly in person and you love being here. Uh, but then uh, there's a semester where you got to help out at home. 
a, a bit more. We get that, right? But you don't want to drop out. You want to continue. Well, maybe that semester you take a little lighter load and you do it online. So we think there's a, a place uh, in the future for well thought out online and, and hybrid courses. Yeah, listen, I think every institution business has learned something through the pandemic and particularly, you know, teaching kids of uh, the age that you're dealing with. They're great at technology. Oh, that's right. You know, uh, for many kids, uh, this is how they interact with their grandparents, right? And mm. rather see people in person. But if your grandparents live on the other side of the country, well, you're not going to see them except at the holidays, but using these platforms, you can see them every day and you can interact. And so we've discovered uh, new ways to socialize and, and just new ways to experience the world. And we want to, to take advantage of that for the classes that we teach. You know, for those that don't know, Queens College really has a distinguished uh, history. The college has been cited for 28 consecutive years in the Princeton Review as a best value college and U.S. News and World Report and Forbes magazine similarly. So, you know, coming in, what, what's your vision and strategic plan now and into the future? We did a whole strategic planning process, even though we were in the middle of the pandemic. And it wasn't just my vision. It was our vision. We had 11 town halls. We had more than 1,000 people take part. We had about 72 people on a steering committee and these working groups. People tell me mm -hmm. three or four times as many as before. That process was so important because... We want people to embrace this as, as their vision. It's a shared vision, and it's all about students, all students. It's about student success. It's about uh, looking at the metrics and, and getting them into good jobs. It's about diversity, equity, and inclusion. It's about ensuring that people see the, the value of public higher education as an investment, uh, whether you come to Queens College or not because the graduate of this institution will start a business and they'll hire your kid, right? So everyone reaps the benefits. And we've done studies that show that for every dollar that's invested here, it's almost $5 that the borough and the city get back because of the contribution hmm. of our alumni. So we still believe something old fashioned, and that's why I'm here. We believe that higher education, that's the engine of the American dream. That's what drew my parents here uh, from other shores. And it, I wouldn't be here if it weren't for American higher education. So I feel a, a need to pay it forward. That's terrific. And I believe one of the announcements was the creation of business and art schools. Uh, the new Queens College School of Arts would offer undergraduate and graduate degrees in art, music, drama, theater, and dance. So that's very exciting. I mean, what can you share about that? Queens College is all about uh, producing well-rounded people. I'd like to be the school, the double major, the triple major. That's why we've started both a business school and an arts school. You see, many of our students, they, they come here and their parents or their grandparents want them to be accounting majors and they want to be a dance major. Well, I don't want them to, to grow up to be accountants who have regret and think, well, you know, I was never able to, to pursue my dreams. I don't want them to grow up to be dancers who can't pay rent, right? So I want them to be able to come here and be an accounting major and a dance minor and do mm. both of those. And that's the sort of institution we're creating, one where you don't just learn one skill. People who have only one skill, they're obsolete. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but soon enough. 
And so the business school and the art school are a way to, to put things together to advance practical liberal arts, um, training people who can adapt for whatever uh, the world throws at you. And we see that every day, not just the pandemic, but technology. Things change so constantly that you need to know about business. You need to know about art. You need to uh, be able to give a speech and write well, yet also uh, be literate in everything, in math and science. And that's who we're trying to, to educate. I love it. When I got here, I realized, you know, we have all the pieces for an art school. We have the world-class Aaron Copeland School of Music. If you saw that animated movie, that uh, hit movie, Soul, uh, the main character, actually, they uh, based it on a graduate of ours from the Copeland School, class of 1985. Uh, they were looking for a consultant to explain what it was like to be a jazz musician and bring the borough to life. And I would uh, recommend that movie highly. Uh, and when you watch it, just remember that that main character, it's uh, based on a Queens College alum uh, who had exactly the same life as a cartoon character. You know, we should all uh, grow up to be cartoon characters, uh, but that's the <laughs> We have so much that's already there. And the same with business. Uh, we have such a strong accounting department, great accounting graduates, and we just never called it a business school. So we're going to start calling it a business so have both of those already started? When can students you know, sign up for courses or when could they graduate with those majors or minors? The courses are there. The majors and minors are there uh, all year. This whole academic year will be having uh, activities to celebrate the business school and the art school. You'll see more and more announcements. Uh, we'll have some events. We're uh, putting on an opera, for example. Uh, so there's so much uh, that over time will we'll roll out both the business school and art school. We want to put the students first, put them front and center so that people can see what talent we have here. That's fantastic. Talk a little bit about CUNY Recovery Corps. It's a 5,000 summer youth employment program. If you could touch on that a little bit, it would be great. Yes, uh, the CUNY Recovery Corps brings uh, 5,000 uh, students in for an internship experience. They're CUNY undergraduates, and they help to rebuild the city. That's so needed, and it's part of our commitment as a civic institution. Uh, what I say to people is, even if you don't graduate, from Queens College, you graduate at Queens College. We host junior high schools and high schools for their commencement ceremonies. We have a performing arts center. Uh, we're a college first and foremost, but being a college also means being an employer. It means being a, a civic institution, a public space. And the CUNY Recovery Corps is integral to that. That's how we ensure uh, that we're tied into the city. Uh, we're not just an academic institution covered in ivy on a hill, that ivory tower that they speak of, out of touch. We have always been, and it's even more important right now to be in the borough, in the city, and to say to folks, look, Queens College, we're here for you. Uh, right now, for example, we're a FEMA relief site so that if you were affected uh, by the, the recent uh, superstorm, 
that you can come in and the federal government's right on our campus, the state government, the city government, you can process all that paperwork uh, to get those uh, funds to you. And we set that up in, in one day. And we did that. It's not just for Queens College folks. It's for anyone in a zip code uh, where they were harmed uh, by the superstorm. We did that because we know we have a role to play and we want people to, to see us playing this role to help the whole borough because what's good for the borough is good for us and vice versa. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I always find it critical also to have college interns because as a business owner, you know, recruiting is very difficult, particularly in this job market. And whenever you can see what uh, young people are made of, it's always the best way to make hiring decisions. That's right. Uh, we have uh, such robust internship programs and we're always trying to, to expand those because at the end of the day, what we want is for students to graduate and to go off to, to gainful employment. That's the mm. to, to have a, a well-paying job and to get them started, uh, internships are, are the best way to do that. So they can take all the knowledge that they have and apply it in the world. So we talked a little bit about the campus, um, which is just a magnificent campus. If anyone hasn't visited, I don't know if there's opportunities to, but, you know, it really is is a unbelievable piece of property and, and structures that you have in place. But tell our listeners about the future of the new $9.3 million soccer field and I guess track that's being put together. That, that's right. So uh, on our 80 acre campus uh, with about 50 buildings, you know, I'm told that uh, we have the most buildings of any uh, CUNY institution. Well, we are right now building. I just walked by it a new soccer field, and then right around it, uh, just a wonderful track. Uh, this also is what we do as a civic institution because that soccer field, that track, it's not just for our students. Uh, we have a number of Department of Ed uh, facilities co-located uh, with us, the Townsend Harris High School, for example. Its signature program is their seniors take college classes with us. Well, everyone uses that soccer field and track, and to have that available, to have world-class athletic facilities, uh, whether it's our tennis bubble or our swimming pool, uh, we know uh, that our neighbors uh, want access to that. Uh, and that's what the City University of New York, CUNY, is all about. It's an entire higher education system that uh, trains the backbone of the workforce. We're an institution of higher education that sees itself having a responsibility to the world around us. For people that know the Queens College name, but obviously may not have visited the campus or really knew a lot of the details that you're sharing, what else would you want listeners to know about Queens College and your plans for the future? Queens College is a place for everyone. Uh, we're here to lift people up. And we know that it's not just an individual, it's a, it's a family, it's a community, it's all their kith and kin. For decades, what people have understood is that if you come here, your life will improve. And I'm so proud that uh, we play this modest role, uh, lifting up so many in Queens, the world's borough, and well beyond. So with our new art school, our business school, with every, everything happening on campus, I actually think this is a wonderful moment. We're coming out of the pandemic, and we will be stronger than ever before. I love it. You know, one thing I love to just ask uh, leaders, particularly someone like yourself that touches so many people, and, and you touched on it a little bit earlier in terms of uh, remote learning, how that could stay. What have you personally 
kind of learned or taken away over the last year and a half, you know, leading through the pandemic? Is there any advice that you give to other leaders or just, you know, other experiences that uh, you've come out of this with? Life is all about adapting to the circumstances as they change. You know, people ask me, faculty, staff, students, when are we bouncing back? And my view is we'll bounce, but to a different place. We're mm -hmm. not up and find that it's February of 2020, but we're going to wake up and find that there's a lot of work to be done, but when it's done, things will be different and they will be better if we make it so. But it requires that we roll up our sleeves, we be conscious, we be deliberative and cooperative and envision a more just world. And higher education, that's the great equalizer. I love it. That's great insight. Thank you so much for sharing that. And and really for your time and really for touching so many people in a positive way, making our borough and city better. It, it's been a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you so very much. And thank you. Make sure to check out a new episode of Schneps Connects every week, wherever you get your podcasts or stream us online at podcast.schnepsmedia.com.